Hey guys, and welcome to What the Fuck's Up podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kelly. And first things first, I just want to wish you all a happy new year. Um, thank you guys for giving me a little time off last month. It was really nice to do that. Um, I feel like I'm on, I think, the same page as a lot of people in the sense that the end of 2021 was insane. Like, I don't know what happened in the world the last three weeks or so, maybe two, three weeks, but um, I just felt like tenseness from everyone, like just tension in the world with me, with my interpersonal relationships. Um, I heard of friends going through breakups, friend fights, the whole nine, but so far it's gotten a lot better. Um, I mean, just getting back into the swing of things with the podcast and you guys and social, but otherwise doing fine. Um, So quickly, before I get into this week's episode, which is featuring Drew, quote unquote, from Overheard Connecticut, which if you've heard of the Overheard brand, um, he is Connecticut's given one. He decided there was no Overheard Connecticut. There was Overheard LA, New York, whatever. And that since he's from Connecticut, it was his job to start it. So that's a comedic page that you guys should all go and follow at Overheard Connecticut. He also talks about getting on TikTok and kind of expanding his range more with his personal style and not just overheard quotes. So yeah, today's episode is really good and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it and kick off the new year. Um, So quickly, I don't want to go through all of them because I posted a lot. But I did some polls kind of to like ring in the new year and just how people felt. So some of the questions were kind of what I was talking about before. How did your year end? 60% of you, which is a majority, said with a bang. So congrats to you guys. And 40% were on my page and said it imploded. Again, everything's fine now. But, you know, sometimes things just need to implode to grow again. That didn't make sense. You get what I'm saying. Okay. Um, do you feel stronger at the beginning of this year? This is the next question. Then you felt at the beginning of last year and 75% of you said yes. So I'm so, so happy to hear this. Um, I do feel like a lot of people, even if they didn't feel the end of the year was the best it ever been, really like came out of 2021 feeling stronger. And I know I can say the same for myself. Like, I've hit some road bumps in the past few weeks and beyond, such as life. But, yeah, I feel like I'm more equipped to handle things this year. So, I'm glad that you guys feel the same way. And for the other 25%, it's okay. Life's a journey. We're going to keep going. Or maybe that means that you already felt equipped to handle shit. In which case, mazel. And then, I guess the last one we will do is, and I thought this was interesting, and a lot of people voted on this one for sure, was I asked, I saw a lot of stories of both, so I'm genuinely curious, did you stay in or go out this New Year's Eve? And it was basically split, but a slight majority of 58% of you who were inside recharging. So that was the case for me this year. I honestly loved it. Like, I think it's really nice to just like, I didn't love all the surrounding events, not gonna lie, but like, My Mexico trip was a no-go, kind of. Like, it just, it wasn't it. It wasn't the right time for me based on, like, personal stuff going on. But 
staying in in Mexico felt good. It was weird because like my friend Destiny, who I'd gone with, she had tickets to go out and I'd actually bought the ticket, but I just like, I don't know, recently I think it's really important for me and for everyone, especially like this time of year and when stuff's stressful, like to listen to your body. And my body was just like, you need to fucking go to bed. You need to like rest. You need to read a book. You need to go home. There's always going to be Mexico. There's always going to be vacation. And so I just kind of honored that. And um, honestly, it, it makes me proud of myself. So I hope everyone who stayed in feels the same way. Um, yeah, for the other... <laughs> Okay, one last thing I want to say that a lot of people hit home with was um, I just asked for New Year's resolutions and someone said don't die, Um, which is dark, but funny. You know, you can't deny it's funny. So I guess quickly I'll just share some of my resolutions with you guys, especially in regards to the podcast. Stay tuned. I think we're definitely going to have a show this year, which is huge because that's something I've always aimed to do. Um, since I love performing and I want it to be like super multifaceted in terms of like having former guests on kind of just being like an event and not just a live podcast you know like having guests come up and participate having different brands there having goodie bags so keep posted um I'll let you guys know I'm excited about that though And then other things, I briefly mentioned this on my personal handle at CKNY on Instagram, but um, I do really want to start a Patreon this year. I have some ideas of stuff I would talk about, maybe a little riskier stuff or a little more woo-woo shit or whatever, you know, guests can get into more personal topics that maybe they wouldn't want to talk about on the show or we could just get into like one or two topics you guys are really interested in and I can invite the guests based on that topic um so that's something I really want to do this year so any feedback on that would be great and then I guess just on a personal level I don't know I'm just really thankful for you guys and my friends and in particular the past few weeks like just having such amazing friends and yeah it sounds kind of corny or whatever but I guess just continuing to surround myself with people things activities etc that bring out the best in me and make me happy and then just less self-judgment in general which I think I'm getting better at but like we all go through our shit we all have our ups and downs and just like kind of owning my quirks and my weirdness and like oh especially when it comes to and I guess this is the last one I really want to go out there and try stand up this year so I'll keep you guys posted on all of that. Um, Happy New Year. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening. Without further ado, here is Drew of Overheard Connecticut. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What the Fuck's Up podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kelly. Today, I'm here with a special guest. We are going to uh, call him Drew for the interview. Um, He runs Overheard Connecticut, which is a super fun account. If you don't follow it already, go follow it. Um, We'll probably be referring to it as OHC, which is its shorthand. Uh, Welcome, Drew. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. So fun little background piece. Um, I, not this past weekend, two weekends ago, had my birthday party. 
and Drew was invited. He came through for a bit um, before he had his party with another like meme influencer. Yeah. Who was it? It was for a non-equity partner. He was launching a, a company partnership. Yeah, he's part of this whole like scheme of like <laughs> meme business people that mm. I so do not occupy, but I'm so happy to have connected with him. We actually originally connected through the fake Rothko. Um, I'm friends with quote unquote boy, <laughs> boy and girl, girl Rothko. Yeah. Um, and uh, Drew saw that I posted something with them and basically like followed me. And then, you know, current day shit, we just started DMing. I was like, you should come on. So that's how we're here. But um, to rewind a bit, yeah, he came to my birthday two weekends ago, um, which happened to be the weekend that everyone, their mom got COVID. Yeah. So that was really exciting. It was we like a little uh, reverse birthday gift you guys gave Yeah, me. no, it was fun. It was really fun. Um, <laughs> Well, I got it too. But yeah, I mean, I'm so happy though, because I know a lot of people I, um, you know, hang out with all my Sages. Mm -hmm. They're great. Yeah. Just like me. Um, of course. But a lot of people I know were going to do their birthday parties this past weekend. Mm -hmm. And it just would have been a full no-go. Like I know people who canceled their parties. Um, I know like Lindsay Metzler, who I've had on before, canceled her... I think it was her engagement party or wedding shower. Like, it's just, it's been a shit show. It was really City, night guys. and day, uh, yeah. week by week, it feels like. Not even week by week. It was like... It was a 48 hours that really yeah, shut down. Well, because it was SantaCon 2, yes. so that didn't help. And as you guys probably know by now, if you follow me on social, I have, like, part of my personality is, like, really hating SantaCon with, like... It's completely valid. I detest though. it. Yeah, no, it's it's very appropriate. I'm actually just going to talk about it for a second because I meant to make a TikTok about it, but like... Oh, I'm happy talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I just think, first of all, a lot of the people, not everyone, but a lot of the people who do SantaCon are either newly graduated and moved to New York City, but not from New York City, mm -hmm. or they're tri-state people who drove in. So like mm -hmm. Philly suburbs, like just Jersey suburbs. Yeah, it's just like total transplant energy. So it's in New York, but it doesn't feel New York-y at all. But then, not done yet with this rant, but then it's also like the saddest part about it is you'll see straight up like 40-year-old dudes trying mm -hmm. to relive their frat glory days dressed up as Santa Claus. And oh, let's go spade a spade. That's fucking creepy. Yeah, no, it is. You know, I, I've lived in the city for probably uh, almost two years now. Uh, I've been coming in from, obviously, Connecticut for a while now. Yeah. I haven't had a lot of bad run-ins with people who just kind of chirp me for no reason. And one of the first times was yeah. was walking to um, a party, going to kind of like an anti-SantaCon party, with just <laughs> my hoodie on and, like, jeans and whatever. I hope it wasn't running. And right. no, it was no, it was a black <laughs> it was like a black J crew hoodie. Okay, good for you. And I'm walking in some, you know, douchebag with a Santa a costume eating a mm. slight dollar slice pizza was like, nice Rolex, dude. And I'm like <laughs> I don't, like, what am I supposed to say that? I'm like, oh, it's it's not. You should have just been like, thanks, dude, from Connecticut. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it's not. And he's like, whatever, douchebag. Oh, it's and I'm not like, a Rolex? No, it's not. And what am I going to say? Oh, actually, oh, yeah. it's you a actually grand. talk about your watch. I'm like, oh, what am I saying? Oh, it's actually a Grand Seiko. I bought it. Because, like, what am I going to, like, dude, yeah. like, go fuck yourself. Well, that's what any true New Yorker would do. And hopefully in current day, you just tell him either you're from Connecticut, because that's funny, or to go fuck himself. 
I think the issue is I typically would do that and I have said that to people but Mm -hmm. he was definitely drunk and And I can't fight yeah (laughs) well I actually think like I don't know if I've said this on the podcast I don't think I have but I find it so unattractive when guys like Oh my god. Yeah. It's like, it just seems like such a male ego, fragile ego thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just find it like, what are you trying to prove? Um, worst case scenario, like people end up in the hospital or dead or badly injured and then you owe money. It could be a lawsuit. Like, it's just so net not worth it. Like, it's so shady to me when people are like, down to get into fights. Like, I've never been able to take anyone seriously who yeah. wants to get in a fight or who has. wants to throw hands. I've, yeah. I've been like it's kind of trashy. I like in college. I remember like my uh, my girlfriend at the time. Her friends, uh, her her friend's boyfriend was uh-huh. uh, at our college, and he got in a fight or was going to. And I was just witnessing this. Like I can't believe. Like if I was a girlfriend, I'd be fucking mortified. It is like, mortifying. I've been the that girlfriend. Is, that is past red flag. Like, there are red flags, <laughs> and then there are, like, like, termination notice. Like, that's an eviction notice. Yeah, that's an I'm dead. No, it's a, it's a scarlet flag. Yeah, that's a scarlet yeah. flag. That is, you, you, it's, like, immediate, like, burned into your chest. Like, oh, what the fuck yeah, is that? Oh, right, my boyfriend letter. got in a fucking fight. Yeah, he's fucking off his rocker. Yeah, I mean, he said, we said we both got COVID. Oh, my God. I have really bad COVID brain right now, so mm-hmm. my memory is, like, not as top-notch as it usually is. True. I can't remember if an ex in high school who talked about fighting ever actually did it. I think there was shoving, but no, like, actual fighting. But even the shoving and, like, the insinuation of getting yeah. in a fight and talking about, like, bro, like, don't talk to my girl, like, it made me so uncomfortable because it also, like, insinuates that I'm not, like... like well off enough right. on my own to like protect myself. You're not the agent of your yeah. like, of your own thoughts and feelings. Yeah, it's no, weird. I was with my twin sister and her boyfriend. You know, I really like him. He's a great guy. They've been mm. dating forever. Um, but when we were all together in Cape Cod, no, it was uh, him and his friend. Uh, kind of like play like play wrestled, but then kind of like got really aggressive and were like smashing each other into the thing. And my brain has never been able to get to that point with anyone yeah. phys- physically. Like, yeah. I can be emotionally and, like, I can be really angry with someone and want to, like, verbally, like, you know, have an argument with them. But I've never... I, like, verbally eviscerate. Yeah, That's but I've I mean. never, ever, like, if I'm if someone tries to fight me, I laugh. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, because it's just kind of pathetic in a way. Like, it's very immature. It feels kind of like Jersey Shore. It's, it's like very... Watery. No, it's just, it's just very juvenile. It is juvenile. That's a good word for it. You know. Thank you on your vocab. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's super, super juvenile. I agree. And also, I wanted to bring this up at some point anyways, and I think it kind of shows in your general demeanor, mm-hmm. but, like, we're talking about your twin sister. Like, yeah. you were raised by, like, strong women. Like, yes. it's you and two sisters and your mom, mm-hmm. and, like, I think that's also why you're more hyper-aware of it. Like, you weren't... Yeah raised in a culture where like mm-hmm. i was listening to the caller daddy episode with um colton from the bachelor and then i also watched his recent netflix uh documentary or okay. docuseries and like he was talking about part of the reason he felt so weird about coming out as gay is because he was raised in this like hyper masculine mm-hmm. culture like he only had a brother and then i'm pretty sure and then his dad was, like, his football coach, essentially. Right, right. So, like, I think the way you're raised and, like, the influences yes. you're raised around really, like, 
affect how you see the world and you know like operate i i completely way. agree i think growing you know being um the really the only male in a household even yeah. the animals were female and so <laughs> it gave me a really you know a but your dog was protective my dog was protective yes <laughs> and we did end up getting a, a boy dog at the end but uh no i have a lot of really strong opinions on like masculinity and mm-hmm. like what it is to be like a man i guess and also i have strong opinions on like um you know uh, t- when they when people talk about like talk is masculinity and uh, you know roles and things like that. No, I have a lot of strong opinions about yeah. that kind of stuff. Like one that I have that I always talk about. I don't always talk about it, but it does kind of grind my gear. Is you know having the perspective I do whenever the um, idea of like toxic masculinity comes up. Mm-hmm. It not always, but it seems like sometimes it comes up as if it's a. Um, It's kind of a poison that needs to be Uh, rid with more poison, not a sympathy to be fixed because of the way it started. Because if you think about it, it starts because men or boys grow up thinking they need to do X, Y, and Z. And kind of, it's usually like, you know, the feelings push down, like, don't do this. And... Well, it's like a self-hatred kind of thing. Right. And to fix that, you would think like sympathy and openness is the, the cure. Um, but I find that the conversations around toxic masculinity well, you're are a lot more, of too. Uh, I am, and yeah. this is, um, this is definitely on the spectrum. This is like yeah. a minority yeah, of people, yeah. but it's, um, it's kind of like villainized, whereas mm-hmm. kind of other topics around the way boys and girls grow up are more like, like sim- are yeah. more like trauma sympathized. Yeah. You know? I guess that kind of goes with like men's health and things like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, all girls. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I totally get what you're saying. I think it's all on a spectrum. Like mm-hmm, I've sure. talked about that, um, quite a bit on the podcast in terms of like cancel culture. And yeah, I mean with the masculinity thing, I think it's also like a matter of similarly to the cancel culture thing, mm-hmm. since the two can go hand in hand. I think it's really a matter of like to what extent you yes. are acting on those urges to be yeah. like a toxic masculine right. guy. Like, so if you're like, abusing someone physically or emotionally or like raping or you know like there are certain things that go too far there are things that you really there are things you should burn with fire and then there are things you should burn you should fix with sympathy and it's obviously a sliding scale so i've had to like i've had to like defend very normal conversation topics Mm. on like dates before because of like what i look like and who i am yeah i guess people will assume that i'm not like kind or deep or people might assume that I could be funny but people don't assume that I'm like I guess like a good person <laughs> I mean I would you know yeah I guess it depends but it yeah, really depends on yeah, what I'm talking it to. depends but um yeah no that's so interesting and I'm a people pleaser so I always have to like yeah re- as much as they don't deserve me to explain like, yourself explain myself yeah. because you know they just met me I typically do it because i'm like no you're gonna love me by the end of the night i promise you know i know i'm kind of the same way but i'm working on i've gotten better at it i think like well this is actually a great point uh to move on to quarter life qualms Mm -hmm. um so in this section of the podcast if you're new to it uh welcome so happy to have you here. Rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. Um, but basically, the explicit theme of the podcast is being in your 20s and figuring out what the fuck's up with life in many different ways, uh, because that's what I was trying to do when I started the podcast. So 
For Life Palms, we talk about your 20s specifically, and Andrew is in his 20s. Mm-hmm. Not all the guests are. Some are older. I've yet to have younger, but we'll see. Um, okay, first question. Since we did want to get into it, um, how has dating in your 20s been so far? And like, what have you learned or been learning about yourself and dating? Um, dating has been good. I'm someone that says, like, I don't regret anything that I do mm-hmm. really in life because everything kind of makes you kind of who you are. And I even yeah. met in dating. Um, you know, I recently, you could say it recently ended uh, almost a two year, I think it was a year and a half, two year relationship. So and COVID relationship. COVID relationship. Yeah. What I've noticed is, you know, you and everyone says this, so it's not new advice. You can't expect someone to mature more than they really are, regardless of how many years you, you know, date them. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's it's kind of like the the classic, like, people can't change until they want to. And, like, right. and for your situation, just because I know a little bit about it, mm-hmm. I think the other thing that is interesting to note, like, I was actually talking about this with Cammie today, my editor. Mm -hmm. Um, She's still in uni. She's, (laughs) you know, not American. But, um, and she is just so mature. And then I was kind of talking about how this other person I was talking to today about work-related stuff is being immature. And I was like, oh, but she's younger. She's like, no, she's my age. She, like, could act better. And I was like, it's just a good reminder that, like, age is so relative to, like, your maturity level. Like, I believe in, like, old souls versus... I mean, it is and it isn't. Yeah. I mean, I've met people that are my mother's age yeah. that are... Super immature. Is super immature, <laughs> yeah. and I was more mature than them when yeah. I was 12. But the especially so I dated someone who was younger than me, and yeah. this kind of goes both ways, is... You know, when you're when you date someone and you know their life experience when you start dating them, you can't, you know, you can uh deserve a certain level of maturity from someone mm-hmm. but at the exact same time you can't expect or demand it because of mm. who they are because you know who they are when you get into it yeah like if you date someone and you know they're a lot younger a lot older than you um you obviously deserve a certain level of like not no pettiness and meanness but at the same time you almost can't expect it from them because you're choosing to date someone where you really do know you know, their life experiences, at least in the first couple of months. Yeah. Um, and so I think I'm getting better at understanding, not red flags, but pointing things out that yeah. might become issues down the line earlier on and yeah. really focusing on them when it might be a tough call uh, at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but besides that, you know, I think I have a good barometer for friends and relationships. Um and yeah, I mean it's going fine. I I, I enjoy life myself. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm happy. He just like pulls out. He's like, Anna, I think that was the end of my. Yeah, and, I don't know how to end that. Yeah, right no, it's okay. You crushed it. I um, it's so true. I've talked about it a lot before. I've had you know dating experts on and stuff. Um, and I really do believe that dating in your twenties, especially like when you're younger, yeah, but like in your twenties, you actively start to figure out what your like deal breakers are and they don't even have to be things that are like 
you know, universal red flags. They can just be things that like, yeah, personally don't work for you or like is something you value at a certain level where like if someone doesn't like that, that's not going to work for you. Like, for example, I've been like, I don't know, I've done a lot of like self-work the past year or so. And when I think about like my childhood patterns and like my parents and things I like or dislike about their relationship, sorry, mom and dad, but like they are both such homebodies. They're both so happy to do the same thing all the time, go on the same vacations, you know, have the same dinner place. And that's so not me. Like I really like value being adventurous, trying new things. Um, going to new places, like traveling the world Mm -hmm. once Omicron's over. Um, So, yeah, so, like, just things like that or, like, certain immaturity things, like, you know, going below belt really quickly, which are more kind of universal red flags or, like, um, any kind of gaslighting, like, just certain things that I've taken here or there from both past relationships as well as just, like, dating someone casually for no you're absolutely right and I'm someone that you know I've um I matured at a very early age I was kind of forced to I've known myself for a while um and I've also because I grew up with all girls like my Mm -hmm. friends kind of joke that um when like I think my friend was trying to give me girl advice and I kind of told him I was like you're like I don't need it I'm (laughs) like I got it and he's like oh you're absolutely right thank you and I like I help them like so I I kind of I know what I'm doing yeah Yeah, I'm I'm not to get too confident about it yeah and so that's that's not the issue you know knowing myself isn't the issue it's just being more proactive and focusing on what you know that you you yeah. don't want to deal with and it could be more which is than, hard when you're a people pleaser too it, it, sometimes because you absolutely you don't be. want to hurt anyone's feelings you don't mm-hmm. want to step on any you know fingers or whatever but like at this toes i don't know <laughs> <laughs> brain covid brain but like at the same time you kind of you know i what i like to say about dating as well in general is that at the end of the day as long as you're giving someone a fair chance, right? Yes. You're not like, like, yes. this is not yes. like date one or even two most of the time. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's so stupid when people, unless the first date is shit or like yeah. you, you really don't vibe or it's like both parties were like, whatever. Right. If you mostly connect with someone, but you're like, oh, there's a little red flag or like orange flag, yellow flag, you know, like just see it out like give it a give it a give it a college try also because first and second date sometimes you're seeing the mask of someone versus who they are like how they're trying to present to you absolutely so it's not like cut people off right away but at the end of the day say you're dating for like a month Mm -hmm. and there's this pattern that they're repeating you've kind of said something given them a few tries it keeps happening you know it's kind of a deal breaker for you you're doing both parties a favor breaking that off earlier because one of the first things especially for women based on our like fucking clocks Mm -hmm. in our vaginas Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but like one of the first things my girlfriends especially will say to me when they go through a breakup is like oh my god I wasted so much time right so like as much as people like to be like oh you know like it it was just so fast and I was caught off guard and it sucks that it didn't last longer like myself included I've Mm -hmm. said all these things like wow what a blessing that I didn't waste 
months more of my time, years more of my time doing something that was going to end up not working out or in divorce or in a breakup, you know, like it just, it's I, not worth I it. I would say that people, when they end a relationship, yeah. probably waste the, the last quarter or almost even the last 50% of the relationship when they could have ended I it. would say that's more guys though. Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah I yeah. guess so. But, um, <laughs> no, but it goes, so we were talking about, we're talking kind of black and white about like yeah. red flags and compatibility. And what I would say is, you know, if, um, if you like them, give them the college try and give them a fair shot. The college um, try? I've never heard but, that. But, um, <laughs> what I think is important too is understand kind of what your love language is. Yeah. How do you communicate when you're at your best, at your worst, and when you're happiest? Because that's also extremely important yeah. besides just m modes. I remember my, my ex-girlfriend and I, I think we had slightly different love languages when it comes yeah. to, you know, I am very much a, um, my Wait, love can I guess, can I guess, can I sure, guess? Sure, yeah, go for it. Okay, I'm going to guess touch because you're so touchy. Um, not actually, really. Actually it's not, not really. your first, but I feel like it's on it's there. It's probably on there. It's yeah. on there. It's not your first. I think your but, first is words of affirmation and quality time. Uh, so flip those. I'd say go with quality time. Words of affirmation. Uh, words of affirmation. <laughs> and and, um, <laughs> and I'm like quality time, like without you know your friends facetiming you or yeah. without social media or out things like that. Really, or like if we go to a party and yeah. we're both there, that's not, I don't, I don't consider that yeah, it needs to be quality present. time. Yeah. Um, but so I remember we had an argument where, you know, there was probably a, like a long, a short laundry list of things that I had recently done that I thought were, you know, very nice and kind of showed my yeah. love. And like what, and you don't have to say specifically what, but like showed your love, what so, love language were you showing? Okay, you? so I think I did it in a couple different ways. I okay. think um, it, I did You're it. like, I covered a lot. No, no, no. So I think there were probably two or three <laughs> yeah. things where, you know, she needed them done and I either did them without asking or she asked and I did it. And so that's kind of service. Okay. I think there was um, also then there was a gift involved and then there was a, <laughs> like a spontaneous date that we did. So like I'm covering kind of a, a handful of bases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she had given me a, a gift card to use and purchase through something else. Mm -hmm. um, and she kind of hung up on the fact that I didn't use it because I didn't, I mean, I kind of didn't ask for it, but she did give it to me. Yeah. Um, and so, whereas I had kind of done these things and I thought I was like kind of doing good. I thought I was like, I thought I was like kind of hitting all bases. We were good for now. I wasn't worried about me not getting yeah. her like flowers in the last three weeks. Like yeah. no, no, no alarm bells the were going off. The boxes were checked right. in your opinion. And then we had an argument. I realized in her mind, the boxes were not checked because I kind of, this one thing was lingering and because I- Because you didn't use the gift card? Yeah, but it just, it, it wouldn't, the gift card is uh, kind of neither here nor there. It's more of like, um, it's, it goes back to the love language. Thing. Yeah, like, like the way she it, wanted she, to be So treated. like, I guess because I didn't, you know, actively uh, execute on the thing that she did, mm -hmm. that, that was kind of a, a lull or a, or, uh, or me not, you know, reciprocating like the love kind of thing. That was like a in her face. Right, exactly. Yeah. Maybe I, it showed that I didn't care as much for what she uh -huh. wanted to do. You know, just being aware of what the needs are so you can um, yeah, understand just not just those. Yeah, just red flags, but also needs. Right, you know, you can yeah. try, uh, intent is very good, but when you get to our age, yeah. I've mentioned this, intent yeah. does nothing when execution isn't there. That's such a good point. Um, In any case. I like that sentence. That's, no, that's really true. It's like, 
intention means a lot, you know, in some ways, because like, if your intentionality is positive, usually unless people aren't dealing with their own shit, they can see that. However, in intimate relationships, whether that's dating or friendships where, you know, you, it starts to get past kind of like the niceties of things. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, the intention should be good, but the actions should definitely speak louder than words at a certain point where it's like, like, yeah. Like, I mean, especially when it comes to like empty promises, I feel like that breaks up a ton of relationships or like acting on the love languages when they're asked for, if that makes sense. If you, openly express needing more of something and they say yes I'll do it but then don't act on that that's when the intentionality becomes an issue I think um but yeah it's like everyone has different needs and I've always said like even outside the podcast if you really think about it like it's pretty wild that anyone can maintain any kind of I I mean I believe in monogamy and stuff but like any kind of romantic relationship for so many years just based on the array of different needs yes. and wants like yes like se- whether it's sexually whether it's emotionally whether it's um being taken care of taking care of like there's just so like humans are so complex yeah and communication is so complex and obviously people say communication is key but the way we communicate in the place we come from is so different from person to person. Yes. I, so you can wild. E- professionally, romantically, and otherwise, yeah. never underestimate someone's ability to misunderstand what you say. Yeah, it's wild. And uh, back to the intentionality, mm-hmm. um, that goes beyond relationships. You know, I think we're at an age where, you know, either professionally, romantically, in a friendship setting, and otherwise, in planning an organization, you, I have a high bar for kind of anyone I talk to. So even if, you know, you have a good intent with what you do and you try and execute, if you execute poorly, I almost don't care about your intent, you know, because I guess this kind of goes back to, you know, sometimes I love my twin sister. Um, there have been, (laughs) she's amazing. She's she's great. There have, but there, there have been moments, not recently. She's been kind of batting on you know, or I don't know how anything that's ended. Batting but of dad. She's, she's been, she's she's been, been good. She's been good they've recently. Been playing nice. We've been playing nice. But th- I, there are definitely times that I thought about in, in, in history where she would mention, well, I just wanted to, you know, do X, Y, and Z for you. Uh, and I would come back with saying like, yes, but you did it very poorly. And yeah. I like, I don't want to say that I don't care that you meant well, but at a certain point point, especially when we get to our age again professionally romantically friendship how you execute and how thoughtful you are in that execution is 99.9 percent of it is paramount is absolute paramount so i'm gonna i want to move on in a bit just for time but i think quickly if you could give like some kind of example because i think maybe people are like okay but what if she's trying to do something nice, like how did she miss execute it? Um, Just as I'm an trying to. So the the thought that comes to my mind actually was one where she did very a very good job at it. <laughs> um, so you know when um, beginning of COVID, she didn't have a job um, wow. and she was unemployed for a little bit of time, and so she was helping me with a lot of stuff, and I was kind of demoing yeah. her for like cleaning my room, like organizing stuff, kind of okay. being like a little bit. Like an assistant, assistant, which yeah. was great. It was extremely helpful. Um, but 
there'd be times where she would do, it mostly came down to doing stuff for me. And this is happens to other people too, without asking as kind of like, oh, I'm going to do this nice thing for Andrew and he's going to be really helpful. He's going to be really thankful because of it. And maybe like he wouldn't check, she wouldn't check with you. No, before. she wouldn't check beforehand. Yeah. And um, maybe it was like going to get something for me. Maybe it was like cleaning my room or completely re. I mean, there was one time she completely reorganized my room and it was great. But for a solid like five days, I was really stressed at work. I had a lot of stuff to do. And I almost every time I tried to find something, I couldn't couldn't find it. it. And when I tried, then when I tried to like get her, like get her on the phone or whatever, she like wouldn't answer. She'd be asleep or whatever. So it just was really frustrating at that moment. Um, No, that makes total sense. And so it was then where she was like, I did this nice thing. Why are you like mad at me? And I, and I was very sympathetic, but at the same time, very frustrated saying like, listen, no, yes, I understand you meant very well. And I'm very happy that you took the initiative to do something. But in my mind, and I didn't want to say this, it almost didn't matter yeah because it was it was too the the juice wasn't worth the squeeze yeah like no I mean I totally got that I'm the same way about like especially I think that's very much a work thing too like it's like those kinds of boundaries like where you know and and you're we're both pretty type a Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to work stuff I'd say like less so socially for me for me it's more like work my home etc and I think it's frustrating when someone does something like that and then you also you're like pretty OCD and then it's like yeah. things aren't in the right place. So it ends up just being more of a headache than it's worth, you know? Right, exactly. Um, so I loved the answer to that question. Um, I think, I don't know, there are a lot of guys who mean really well, but like when it comes to being, um, I don't know, self like super self-aware or like breaking down their intentionality or emotionality they're mm-hmm. just not ready for it yes. to some extent or they yeah. don't have the tools as my therapist would say <laughs> so um yeah so i think that's super interesting that you know you're so actively aware and working on well, i appreciate it. that yeah um okay so we'll do the next question but um i guess the next question would be that i like asking my guests is um what is like something that you've done or experience you've had in your 20s and how has it shaped the person you are today? I have to say, as kind of cliche and looping back to this podcast as it might seem, (laughs) um, my most favorite thing that's really shaped kind of who I am and allowed myself to grow Mm. is probably starting a word. I love that. Um, I mean, I think it's cool because... I don't even know if we've explicitly said this yet, which is funny. We're like so late in the podcast, but yes, we said you're doing overheard, but Mm -hmm. you also have like a nine to five, which I feel like informs a lot of your page and a lot of your content in general. Mm -hmm. We also haven't mentioned, but um, Drew has a full obsession with TikTok. I do. (laughs) And (laughs) I'll I'll explain it too. And this will kind of loop back. This will loop loop back into why I'm doing TikTok now. Yes. so I started over her Connecticut. I mean, I'm from Connecticut. I graduated college in 2018. And when I started it, I did it How because... How many years ago? Sorry to cut you off. No worries. I think I've, I've had it for two years, but I did take like a year hiatus off of it. Huh. Um, okay. Or maybe a year and a half, and then I took a year off. So like two, two and a half years. Okay. But I started it because uh, my girlfriend and I of like almost four years in college, we broke up and I kind of needed a void to kind of fill uh, fill creatively and 
I had followed a lot of like finance meme pages when I was like a finance major in college and I wanted to do something because I always, you know, I always found that I was a funny person. I kind of wanted to prove it to the world and I had my notes app of funny things that my friends and my friends' parents and I had said over the years, but I'd never done anything with it. And I was um, worried to start a page because all of these pages had hundreds of thousands of followers. Overheard LA and New York had millions of followers. Yeah. But what I saw was well, there was a page called Overheard. Sorry to interrupt no, quickly. You can yeah, get back into it. But I think that's such a thing that I also try to express on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like... <clears throat> I forget who said it. You know what it was? It was You Up podcast. Um, okay. Yeah. Jared was saying on You Up that, like, it always feels cringe in the beginning to start something, like, especially yes. with Instagram where you're looking at these other, like, meme pages or influencers or creators who, like, have this huge following. It always mm-hmm. feels super cringe to be like, okay, I guess I'm going to now commit to doing this. And people at first are always going to judge you because, like, until... People are such followers to an extent where it's like until other people have signed off on something, they're scared to sign off on something. Right. But basically what Jared said, he's like, he's like, it's never comfortable in the beginning. He's like, think about like the, like, you know, one of the like random Instagram, but bikini models, like she just like oiled up her ass and like got someone (laughs) to take a picture and probably got like five likes the first time, but now she's getting 5,000 likes. Like, you know what I mean? Like. It's inherently weird. No, it's funny. And um, the turnaround point for me mentally was I saw a page. I'm friends with him now. He runs it called Overheard on Wall Street. Now Mm -hmm. he has like 260,000 followers. But when I first found him, he had just over 10K. Mm -hmm. And I saw his posts. I'm like, okay, I'm as funny or funnier than that. I can do that. Yeah. And I guess I actually was kind of confident in myself. Well, actually, while that was happening, I was, I searched for Overheard Connecticut to send content to. Because I'm like, I'm uh, funny. I need, I need to be on it. Because I was sending quotes to Overheard LA, but they weren't yeah. posting them. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm funnier than I know. You're... LA wouldn't post mine. So rude. <clears throat> Do you know I, them now? Uh, yeah, I'm friends with them. We've had good conversations. Okay, they should post um, my shit because it was fucking funny. I'll, I'll DM them. But, uh, <laughs> um, but... So when I didn't see that, yeah. I almost immediately created, like, I got the Gmail, I got the uh, IG handle, I got the Twitter. Sorry. And from day one, I created an ex- uh, type, talking about type A and OCD, I created an Excel spreadsheet where, I, <laughs> and I had this until 50,000 followers oh where God. it was media post engagement rate, you know, likes, comments, shares, growth, growth percentage, day over day, over Whoa. month, all, all this stuff. That's what, and I started, I started day day one and I did it at 12 o'clock in the afternoon on my lunch break every single day and the I consistency is good yeah. I posted every day for seven months and I wow. ran out of pre-made content by month two wow. and so from month two on I was creating uh, my own quotes or well, snippets of conversations this like, is oh. yeah I was burnt out creatively yeah. <laughs> and but it was it was filling a void um and you know it's been a whirlwind I met amazing people yeah. uh, I definitely got too into it at a point and kind of had a riff with some of my like real friends uh mm-hmm. briefly um because they were worried I was gonna get more like too much of like an influence with whatever yeah. that they don't and well, he does and, like mentioning his number of followers a lot <laughs> just to, <laughs> just, to, to, just to her me what? oh yeah <laughs> okay. um, but like literally it's like well as someone who has more followers than you my uh engagement's also down I was like I will <laughs> cut you I was I mean I was completely joking but um no but like, and <laughs> 
and I'm doing now, camera. and now the reason why I guess I'm doing TikTok is because you know over Connecticut is kind of commercialized to a point where I do feel an obligation to post, not as much as I did before, but I do have like partnerships and ads and stuff I want to do, and it's less kind of carefree, I guess. I yeah. still enjoy doing it, but it's there's, a little there's a little less. You know, it's funny because um, the day I'm doing this is the day that my Onika episode's going to air soon. Sorry, guys, this is quite late. But she, we were talking about, it was so actually interesting of her. She was saying how, like, and I guess we talk about this, how the apps have different personalities, but mm -hmm. we were also comparing it to, like, astrology signs. And it's so funny. But, like, yeah, I mean, there is just a kind of different standard on TikTok versus Instagram. And Instagram is a bit more buttoned up in some ways. Like, yeah. yes, you're going to have your bikini butt models, but at the same time, you're maybe, like, not going to talk as openly about mental health or, you know, like... There's just certain things that, or even drug use or whatever, like there are just certain barriers that TikTok definitely breaks more easily without censorship. And I mean, from someone who has been so into like social media yeah. as like how I analyze the platforms, I mean, I could go on, I literally wrote a Medium article about, you know, the differences between TikTok and Instagram, you know. You did? When, yeah. It was when, published? Yeah, it was, uh, um, well, I posted on a uh, account called Failed Venture. It's a Twitter thing for kind of VC stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, everything has to have an a handle. But um, I guess you could say the reason why I started posting on TikTok was, you know, I'm going through a, a recent breakup and I needed a void again. Um, and I was like, you know what? You know, I know how to post content. You know, I know content that I post typically does all right. Mm -hmm. You know, let's see what this could do. And honestly, I stopped using Snapchat and I, my TikToks are honestly just uh, what I would send to my friends, Snap, like the yeah. same kind of jokes. And you know, the first TikTok I posted got a hundred thousand views. And so I was like, oh, oh I'm just, I mean, and so <laughs> my engagement is actually- Guys, I am perpetually bitter and I will talk about <laughs> every episode. Oh yeah. Follow me on TikTok, she, yeah. CKNY1213. I posted, I literally put my all into this shit. I posted me dancing at my yeah. birthday party, the entire sorry dance. I did not post the entire dance, but like a good clip of it. Thank you, Jenny Swift. She took the video. <laughs> I'm literally on the floor, like twerking. Like it is so funny and it's honestly good. It's like, a, I it did a good, good job. It and it got three likes. I think one of them was yours. Yeah. The fuck? Um, no, and I've been very lucky, whereas, uh, for the amount of followers I have, the Silver engagement spoon, is, like, crazy. <laughs> uh, follow me on TikTok, Murray Hill Millennial. Um, Murray Hill, he just said. You just have, like, a weird accent. I don't know if really? Boston came in or what you're, like, well, Murray my, Hill. my entire extended family's from Boston, so it makes I know sense. that. Okay. Um. I talked with your sister. Okay. I know things. And, uh, so, I do it with intentionality, um, and... Uh, it's funny, I literally just, someone reached out to me for my first TikTok partnership. I have no followers on there, but it's a, it's a you fun little... Followers. I have like a thousand. Oh. I but feel I got, like on I got... TikTok, it's harder to get... It's easier to blow up virally for certain posts, but it's harder to get consistent followers. Does that the, make sense? The re yes. The Unless re you pass a certain threshold. The reason why uh, TikTok will always do better is that every like regular random person 
needs the kind of lottery ticket aspect of virality potential and they don't have that with Instagram anymore. Yeah. I could and it's also the algorithm, you know, the ability to go viral is is so exponentially better, better yeah. on TikTok. You know, uh, with my Instagram 86,000 followers, I post and know I'm going to get like a couple thousand likes and a couple yeah. thousand shares, but I know that I'm going to grow at like 50 followers a post e at even if that uh, yeah. even at my size. Whereas or TikTok less, or honestly, less, honestly, yeah. and it needs to be posts, not shout outs anymore yeah. or anything like that. Well, believe me, Instagram is yeah. trying to up the ante. You, well, oh, bonus. we need oh, bonuses. Oh my God. Guys, I have bonuses. Uh, I was talking to her about bonuses and she got it like the next day. But yeah, that's it was beside... so funny. He was so angry. He's like, get me on. I'm like, I don't think it's a referral <laughs> thing. It's not um, like Soho House. <laughs> but yeah, and then meanwhile, on TikTok, I decided to like post. And in the last three weeks, I went from like uh, 10 followers to 1,300. And it's just crazy how much easier it is. Well, I also just think... I mean, I think if you had to do, like, if you're thinking more statistically like mm -hmm. you are from more of a business perspective, like, I think Instagram, it's easier, I kind of said this already, but it's easier to gain the followers in a way, but it's easier on TikTok to have higher engagement and less followers, if that makes sense. I would actually say that no. uh, TikTok is easier to... So, although I get a lot of random followers on TikTok, I'm, they look like fake pages. And sometimes, yeah, they do. Um, on so 2017, 2016, 2017 to 2019, Instagram was a whole other beast yeah, than, than it is now. And part of it is although hashtags do work, yes, part of it is the fact that TikTok takes took such a big think about it before COVID, you really were just on Instagram. Yeah, it was like him. all day. Now it's definitely at least split. At least, so if not. It, I guess it. I mean, all these things really depend on demographic and age. Like mm -hmm. in Europe, in general, they use uh, Snapchat so much more. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, Gen Zs prefer TikTok in general. I would say on the whole, they still use Instagram, but it's yeah. TikTok. Uh, boomers are still obsessed with Facebook. We've yep. forgotten it existed. Like. I literally, like, I think I got, like, I used to get, like, a lot of posts for my birthday. Like, it was, like, a thing <laughs> I loved. Like, I would count them. It was, like, oh, my yeah. God, 500 this year. Like, I was a little bitch. But, um, but now I think I got three or four, and I, like, didn't even notice them until the week after. No, I, and this is a part of the other thing I wrote on yeah. this, like, Medium article is, um, TikTok is doing a great job now because it really segments people based on their interests and not maybe their age and yeah, kind of the their whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they haven't done this yet because they haven't been around long enough, but the social media platform, you know, uh -huh. besides Twitter and YouTube that will dominate is one that can break the generational gap that we've been seeing since MySpace because you yeah. see MySpace, then Facebook, then in Snapchat's in there and now Instagram and TikTok and you see them, you know, they have these life lifespans of like seven to 10 years, depending on, you know, who yeah. they are. The app and the platform that can break that gap because the issue with that gap is on Instagram, people stopped trying to create new pages because it was impossible to grow. Yeah. And when TikTok came around, they're like, you know what? 
fine, I'll start something new to try to get on the cutting edge. And that is why people jump platforms and go to something new. Yeah. That is the reason, the virality, the lottery ticket, besides just entertaining the content. And if you're creator focused, which Facebook, because of Zuckerberg, is not an Instagram, and those two things, like creator, well, trying to now they are now. because they but notice only it. Because, only, only because because now because they notice yeah. it. Virality potential to uh, get new users as they grow up into social media platforms and uh, your ability to cater to the creators who are bringing the audiences are the two biggest things for platforms, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely true. And like, I just, as a creator, um, I mean, and you know this too, I think that for years we've just been overlooked or not taken seriously mm -hmm. for our time or effort. Like you think of people making fun of like, influencers or people making money yeah. from these social media platforms it's like mm -hmm. a job is a job if you're putting time and effort into it and you're you know seeing results like people aren't really doing billboards anymore like sure in LA I guess here and there in New York but like we are the new billboards so um I mean all apps should be learning from this and should just really like get on board with that and realize that like creators deserve their fucking piece of the cake yeah. That's all I'm going to say on that. Okay, and for the last part of the podcast, we are going to play 7T questions, T-E-A. Um, I don't know if we'll get around to 7, just to let you guys know. We can try. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm going to start out with some easy ones, because, yeah, warm you up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think you're already warm, but we'll, we'll I... do it anyways. Okay, question number one. Mm -hmm. What is the current tea in your life? The current tea in my life is um, I am trying to uh, pivot careers. Okay. Um, I kind of won't go into you know specifics um, for like anonymity speak, but um, it's <laughs> super. I have a I have a like a non traditional and kind of unique resume for what I'm trying to do. Um, but I've met some really great people who are helping me along the way, so I'm very excited for that. Can you say what you're trying to get into, or like? Uh, yeah, I can say what I'm trying to get into. I'm trying to get into um, venture capital, and it's it's. I didn't do investment banking. I didn't do anything like yeah. that. That kind of leads you, you know, traditionally the traditional into the world. Yeah. But I've met a lot of great people who have either the ability to hire me or you know network me to the right people, and I've been making the right steps to prove that I'm a qualified candidate in that yeah. world. So that's a process, but. I'm really excited for that. Mm -hmm. um, also, you know, just trying to stay on top of Overheard and grow that as much as I can in different avenues. Um, TikTok's very fun for now. So, you know, I just got my first partnership, so we'll see what that does. He's but, very excited. Um, I mean, if it dies, it dies. If it grows, it grows. You know, I'm just playing, playing the field with that. Um, and... Um, Multiple yeah. sources of income. Yeah, okay. just trying to do yeah, everything. Yeah, that's good. Enjoying life. All right. Question number two, what is something that you continue to find difficult about quote unquote adulting? Um, I guess because I can be very scatterbrained sometimes, <laughs> no. honestly, it's just <laughs> the amount of things on my to-do list only ever gets longer. And yeah. I joked about getting one of those like virtual assistants. Um, that really is the only thing, uh, that bothers me um about adulting is just the amount of little things that maybe take five minutes but there are a million of them yeah you need to do in a day-to-day -day and you forget and yeah that's really the only thing okay 
Question number three. Um, so you were talking a little bit about how you feel like you have this kind of like comedic outlet. When did you start to like see comedy as something you wanted to use in your life? Um, so comedy, a uh, comedy from like the, I would say when I was in middle school, I really got into comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't consider myself funny until later in high school. And even okay. then I wasn't considered funny by my friends or my family. <laughs> it was until I really was in college where I realized that people weren't just laughing at my jokes to laugh at my jokes. Yeah. I was really kind of, you know, killing it. Okay. Um, comedy is something that I've always used. Um, you know, I guess we can we can pivot into this. Um, okay. You know, we mentioned that, you know, I grew up in a house of old, old girls, um, you know, a single mother raising. My father passed away at a young age, and it's kind of one of the things that made me kind of more self-aware and maybe a little bit more mature at a younger age because I was forced to. Um, and as when you lose a parent or when you lose anything and have a traumatic experience as a very young kid, uh, you How really, you? I was five. Oh my God. Um, so when stuff like that happens, you know, it, because of how young you are, you don't grieve immediately or you don't deal with it. It really comes in waves as you, yeah. as you get older. And it really took until I was in the middle of middle school to need to find an outlet to deal with maybe kind of my own depression or deal with kind of whatever, whatever I was dealing with. And I pivoted hard into comedy. I, yeah. I could have, um, Daniel Tosh now has like a Tosh yeah. show and I, I'm not a big fan of that, but his stand up from like 07, 08, I swear to God, I could have said that word for word maybe even a couple of years ago i can still do bits from that and i haven't seen it in years and i pivoted hard into comedy in that way and it's really become a part of who i am and Mm -hmm. maybe why my humor can get kind of dark sometimes yeah um, i mean i love dark humor yeah and i i've said this before and i've had a ton of comedians on like i i don't think it's true that you have to have trauma to be mm -hmm. like a good comedian per se However, I think so many people, including myself, can relate to what you're saying. You know, maybe not the exact experience of it, which is a horrible experience. I'm so sorry. Um, But, like, just, you know, the idea that it's a great coping mechanism that genuinely, like, yeah, laughter is some of the best medicine. Like, it's corny, but it's true. And and making other people laugh, too. It's like an act of service. It feels good. Um, So it's really healing all around really no so, it's yeah. really it really is great it's it's probably i would rather someone say that i'm funny than mm. say i'm attractive yeah and, i agree um, you know eh, well <laughs> I, I want both <laughs> what, i will yeah i mean everyone wants i'm both. like i want it all. um but it's um i was always um i always considered myself funny and i didn't really get into it until i kind of maybe got into high school and college where it was part of my my personality but I absolutely love making people laugh. Yeah. It really makes it really makes me whole. If I had one thing in this world and like on a desert island, like it's my humor and maybe yeah. someone else to talk to. And I don't um, think that's how the desert island thing it works, doesn't, but maybe no, like just... if you had one thing you want to be like remembered for. Mm-hmm. I'm um, I'm woman splaining desert <laughs> islands. But uh when people 
that sometimes people have situations where they'll kind of live off that high of a situation for a little while. Uh-huh. For me, if I say something really funny and it really kills in a room with friends and, you know, good company, uh-huh. I could live off that high for two weeks. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm going to make the fourth T question um, kind of a follow-up to mm-hmm. that. He didn't mention this, but I know this. Um, it was, you know, the World Trade Center where his dad passed away, which was horrible. And any New Yorker, really tri-state person, you know, has trauma from that. Obviously, yours, not to compare traumas, but yeah, it's fucking worse. Um, that being said, to make it a little lighter, but kind of in the same vein, thoughts and feelings on Pete Davidson. Um, I know you were obsessed with that meme of him. Uh, yeah, I was. So I actually, so um, for those who don't know, and I'm not assuming that most would, yeah. but for those children who were affected by 9-11, there was a camp we went to. It was called America's Camp. Um, And it was honestly just a bunch of little 9-11 kids. Wait, how... Sorry, I mean, this is so interesting. Was it a summer camp? It was a summer camp. And how long? It was just a week. It was a day camp? It was a... a, uh, No, it was a sleepover camp for a week. That's kind of cool. So it was, you know, so um, my father, you know, worked for a a company that worked at... um, the trade centers and so I've met Pete Davidson you know mm-hmm. I was younger and I, I always joked that I'm just a more mentally stable less famous Pete Davidson. <laughs> more um, mentally stable. and uh so I've listened to his comedy I think a lot of it's very funny I think it was some of it's not funny um yeah. but I I love the guy I think he is really successful for how much you know baggage or yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't want to call it baggage. No, it is bad. baggage. But, um, <laughs> there's like a stigma with baggage, but um, really? I, in my own, I, I guess in my own, my yeah, own you, mind, you yeah, that's a, that's a that's a projected <laughs> that's a projected thing. Um, no, I I love Pete Davidson. Um, I am glad that someone of the community of the 9/11 community yeah. is funny and out there and doing what he's doing because I find that when I talk to people, um, most some people are very good. You are very good. Yeah. There are people I meet that when they find out my history, my path with with my past with nine eleven, I become a conversation piece at their next dinner table oh. party. Uh, they ask That's questions. Even worse than- they ask questions purely just for recon, and you can tell. And yeah. um, I now I don't tolerate it. There were plenty of years that I yeah. tolerated it. Yeah. Um, usually they're older guys who maybe work in finance and new people. Um, yeah. and they kind of see me as like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, that you, you, I can't believe yeah. you exist. Yeah. Um, but, and back to your point about kind of comparing traumas, I don't compare traumas between people, but, um, especially, you know, living in New York and, uh, especially around the day, around the week with everyone's, yeah. uh, tweets of thoughts and prayers, you know, just. It's just, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, well, your sister was saying, not to cut you off, mm-hmm. but she was saying that, um, when she originally told me about it, um, she was just saying that you don't really post about, but that this year you kind of got like, and correct me if I'm wrong, because mm-hmm. I'm putting words in your mouth, but like a bit set off by like, just the idea that people are posting like photos of it and yes. how like, if your dad was killed in a car crash and you know what's interesting actually this is coming to me now this is exactly why um kobe bryant's wife vanessa bryant Mm -hmm. is so upset 
about the release of the pictures from the crash. She's like, it's so inappropriate that I found out through it that TMZ published these pictures. Like, this is not what my husband should be remembered for. And people should not be posting, you know, like, I, I get it in a documentary sense, but I think it's totally a fair point. Like, post them before anything yeah. happened. Say, like, we'll never forget whatever. But, like, don't post, like, mid Action, yeah, so I can yeah. I kind of explain the back yeah. the background behind it. So yeah. obviously in the finance meme page community, um, there's a huge it's, focus. There's on a huge it. focus on it when it comes to light. And I previously in the last couple of years, I haven't been as annoyed as I was this year. But this year, it really, really, off, really yeah. ticked me off because um, people would be posting, especially on Instagram, you know, saying never forget, and it would actually be a photo um of the planes hitting the towers and i can't tell you how many times i've seen a video or photos of that it's etched into my brain i literally yeah. i literally have ptsd like i have no i have like from a doctor's neurological like like testing of you know you have PTSD. and I, need, I don't think you even need a test to no i know i got i did but um and so what's it's an issue is people can't move on if you keep kind of re-triggering their post-traumatic stress and yeah. so the issue is when you open Instagram and you go from like someone's uh, acai bowl to yeah. the moment your parent passed away, it's a little jarring. And yeah, that's I fucking horrible. and I, I yeah. would I the my analogy because I gave an interview for a for um, a, a girl who was writing for I think the Columbia I think she yeah. wanted to do an article. Um, you wouldn't go up to a family whose loved one died in a car crash every year yeah. with a photo of the car wrapped around a tree saying, oh, by the way, I don't forget and throw the photo in their head. And you wouldn't do yeah. so, you know, 1,200 times within the span of seven days. Yeah. It's extremely in poor taste people. It's people not using their critical thinking. It's people wanting to jump on the bandwagon of, oh, I don't want to be a bad person. I need to make sure that people know that I care. Yeah. And I blocked an Instagram page that I used to be friends with because he didn't, um, I didn't, and I didn't say why I was asking him not to do so, but I did post a story of like a blank page with my, you know, thoughts, thoughts saying yeah. like exactly what I just said. You wouldn't do this to a family who's, you know, mm. loved one died in a car accident. Don't do it today. Be smarter than that. Yeah. If you, if, even if you want to share your, your, um, remembrance and, it really drives me up the wall. Yeah. So you blocked him and you're not friends anymore? No. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah. I mean, we were, we were barely friends before. Yeah, I always kind of thought he was a little like douchey, yeah. but that was kind of the, okay, this is an easy write off. Yeah. No, I think that's so fair. And like, yeah, I mean, thank you for sharing that. I think, you know, this could be a whole other podcast, honestly, just the way people handle death and grieving mm -hmm. or anything. Like I actually, I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast a bit before and you know about it. And most people I meet now, like I had like a mental health moment, if you will, at the end of last year. Mm -hmm. And the way people react to things can just be so fucked up. And it takes a lot of time and work to realize that like, yes, well, I mean, what you did happened to you. So it's a bit different. Right. But in a way, I would say mental health happens to people, you know, like the way people handle these sensitive subjects if you will, like really reveals more about them, but can, mm -hmm. you can take it so personally and with good reason, you know, like I just think people are a lot of 
all talk and no action. Like people don't know how to handle things, whether it's death, uh, mental illness, sickness, whatever, that make them uncomfortable. And I think that's okay to an extent, but to an extent you can handle it really poorly. You know, it's, like it, whether yes. it's not supporting someone, but then purporting to support them, whether it's asking questions that go too far, whether it's, um, I forgot the exact term for it, but you probably know it, but kind of like, and they can do this in mental illness stuff too, where it's mm -hmm. like they use it for their own fodder. Like yes. talking about it makes them feel like, better than or more in yes. control of, which we've talked about mm -hmm. before. My family, you know, we almost can't go to funerals anymore because... It uh, triggers you, you probably. It, it's well, it, it is, but it's always funny. People, you know, when, whenever anyone dies, they're always a saint. They're always, yeah. they're always the best person in the world. And, and no one's ever like, well, actually, they had a little bit of a temper issue. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, no. They actually had a drinking it, issue, which is it, why they passed. No, but you're right. When people are, uh, people are allowed to be uncomfortable or on, you know, not know what to say in certain situations. Uh, on the flip side of that, you know, because I have the experience I, have, I experienced, I have people in my life and people I know peripherally who are in the same boat as me when it comes to being victims of 9-11. Mm. And it bothers me when people, you know, take advantage of uh, their own victimhood and they go too far. And I always say, you know, everyone is allowed to grieve and deal with something their the way, own their own way right up until their actions ne negatively impact other people's lives. Mm. You can yeah, still go yeah, through yeah. grief and be an still asshole. be an asshole. Yeah. And so I typically am the one, and I'm really the only one in my friend group that mm -hmm. can do this, is when you know people are dealing with things that are really hard and maybe they're, they, they go a little too far in how you know, how they're acting towards other people, I typically kind of call them out on that. Yeah. And I don't do it publicly and I barely ever do it to their face. I kind of just think it. I'll say, you know, I understand. Trust me, I can sympathize. You're not allowed to treat this person the way you're treated. Yeah, that's actually so true. Like when I was younger, as my listeners know, I have some experience with being cheated on. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a fun road. But uh but when I was younger, I was cheated on by one of, you know, my less serious, I thought it was serious at the time, okay. you know, it's all relative. We were dating like solid six months, I would okay. say. Um, high school boyfriend. Um, and he cheated with one of my best friends. Okay. And it was such a shitty experience. I didn't even really care about him as much as her, really, at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It just felt like such a you know, transgression of our friendship and trust on so many levels. And then something that was really hard for me, which I think is something that like, I believe that if patterns repeat themselves and you don't fully learn the lesson, it'll keep repeating, which mm -hmm. sucks. And as a people pleaser, someone who likes to see the best in people and be empathic, I have been taken advantage of by people like more times than I'd like to admit. Mm -hmm. Um, and this was kind of one of those situations where she, I would just see left and right her friendships with our mutual friends going to shit and her dropping people or people dropping her or her wronging someone. Mm -hmm. And I would always give her the pass because I'd be like, she had, you know, her mom had died a few years back. At, when she was young, um, her dad was an alcoholic for sure. Like whatever, I'd be like, you know, she's gone through this though, right? Yeah. And at a certain point, you know, it she bit me too. She fucked me too, you know. So like, that was a lesson that I still think I learned a few times after. But that was like really the most 
obvious um, illustration of what you're kind of saying to me where it was like, yes, this girl has had some hard pills to swallow, but I was going through my own shit and like, I would have never done that to her or someone close to me. I have absolutely no patience for someone who takes advantage of someone because maybe they're not doing their best. How you react to situations and how you respond to someone wronging you can be as important in an argument to kind Mm -hmm. of the initial thing. Like, there have been plenty of times where people in my life, family, friends, romantic partners, where they've... They've started an argument or but then a conversation. You no, no, no. They've, yeah. start, they've started an argument or a conversation where maybe it was me who like wronged originally. originally yeah. But the, how they communicated to me, how mean or petty it's they started, they ended yeah. up being the bad person at the end. And yeah. you know, you flip the script. So you know, it's almost like how you, what you want to say, and how you is just as important with how you communicate. You know, whatever the initial point start. It's exa- it is equally important to how you say what you want to say. I totally agree. Um, I love that. I feel like we should do like another episode in a few months follow up because there's a lot to be said. Yeah. But I am. Thank you for sharing that also because I know it's not totally comfortable. Um, Open book. And yeah, you're you're really good about that kind of stuff. Um, and then I guess the last question of the seven T questions would be. What is something that either your viewers or my listeners would otherwise not know about you? Um, I guess they, I mean, I guess they wouldn't know a lot. I mean, I show a very specific type of humor on my page and I'm always trying to veer. Um, But I'm someone that really enjoys kind of going uh, um, an inch wide and a mile deep into a lot of different subjects, whether that's you know, mental health, business, yeah. you know, pop culture, you know, what we talk about with social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't do that on my page. Um, yeah. So it would be interesting if I could try, but um, that probably is something that no one would know. Yeah. Well, I feel like you're starting to do that on TikTok. It is. I am. I am branching out because yeah. it's so new. Yeah. Well, guys, expect more from uh, OHC <laughs> Drew. Perhaps someday he will reveal himself yeah, in yeah. order to explore those other mm-hmm. avenues. Um, thank you so much for coming on. This was a very thoughtful conversation, as I expected to be knowing you. So where can people find you, follow you, all the things? Um, so you can follow me on Overheard Connecticut. You can follow me at Murray Hill Millennial on TikTok. Um... And I also have a sub stack. Uh, so if you want to hear it's more, it's like a medium, it's an article. So if you want to hear more of my random thoughts on uh, Connecticut mom drama uh, on Facebook <laughs> or random things uh, through that, it's Oh yeah, that's something people might otherwise not know about you. Your acceptance of this Connecticut mom's Facebook page. Oh, I just It's like the got, joy of his life. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are where you can find me. I'm really... Um, happy that I did this. Uh, I'm really excited to, to yeah. see what the final product is. Thank you guys for listening, especially if you're new here. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, <laughs> tell a friend about the podcast. And you can follow me at my personal page, CKNY1213. And then the podcast at WTF Sup Pod. Please follow me on TikTok and shit too, guys. <laughs> CKNY1213 across the board though. Um, Yeah, thank you, Drew. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Bye.